0: With Airbnb being found out once again for the effect they're actually having on the residential rental market, with the report out on the causes of the cracks in the Opal Tower, and of course continuing concerns about flammable cladding, it seems that all anybody's talking about at the moment is strata living. I'm on my own today. My usual sparring partner, Sue Williams, is in China. So I'm afraid I might just indulge in a few little rants. I'm Jimmy Thompson. This is the Flat Chat Wrap. I try, I really do, not to get obsessed about Airbnb, but it's so hard. The other day in the Herald, there was another story about what the effects are of short-term letting in residential areas, and specifically in apartment blocks. One of the encouraging things about it was the response from a lot of readers. For the first time, people are starting to understand the effect of having unlimited holiday rentals in residential areas actually is and it's surprising because people think you know everybody has got their own version of the laws you know you can't have bylaws to stop Airbnb which is not true they say that you know it's up to the council which is true except the councils aren't doing anything They might pursue one illegal rental every month, if that. But basically, they're all saying, oh, well, look, the law's changing soon, so we're not going to do anything about it. I don't buy that. I think they have a, a duty. They have an obligation to look after everybody, not just the investors who are making money off Airbnb rentals. The thing is that you look at the local council laws... And many of them define residential as nothing less than three months. And then you say, well, look, here's here's a property that's renting for one day or two days or a weekend or a week. And they go, yeah, but it's still residential. How can that be? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. So now what we're now finding is that people are starting to realise that this has an impact on their lives. People are literally being driven out of popular areas like the eastern suburbs of Sydney, the areas around the harbour, King's Cross, these buildings that are going up that are almost immediately bought by people investing in Airbnb because that's, that's where they make their money. But just being able to make money is not a reason for doing something and never has been. That's why we have planning laws The planning laws have, for years, have restricted what you can do with a residential dwelling to stop them turning into businesses. And then this American company comes along on the internet and says to people, don't bother with those laws. Those laws don't count. They're not real laws. Just do what you want. It's your property. Go ahead. You know, you've you got your right to do what you want with your property. And by the way, we will take our 5% or whatever it is that you make from it and turn ourselves into a $30 billion company that pays absolutely minimal tax in the countries where it has the most devastating effects. That just sounds wrong to me, and that's why I get angry and upset. I get angry and upset at our our politicians, who just basically lie on their backs to have their tummies tickled. I get angry and upset at uh, my colleagues, uh, so-called journalists, you know, who take the business class flight to San Francisco, who get shown around the beautiful uh Airbnb offices. You know, terrific. You know, you can see the very latest computers on the very latest desks being operated by very nice people. And everybody's making a lot of money and everything's fine. And, uh, and then you get handed a press release, which could have been emailed to you. And, oh, by the way, tomorrow we've arranged for you to go up to Napa Valley or or whatever. You know, it's just... Maybe they don't do that. Maybe they just make them sit in their hotel room all the time they're there. I suspect that's not the case. See, and then the journalist comes back and writes a story about how fabulous Airbnb is and how everybody should get into it. And, uh, you know, I like the idea of Airbnb. I like the idea that you had a spare room in your, in your apartment. And this was the original Airbnb. You had a spare room in your apartment or your house. You had visitors from overseas who needed somewhere inexpensive to stay and didn't want to stay in a hotel because it was, you know, it's sterile. You're cut off from local people to some extent. And what a great idea! So you come, you stay in a room in somebody's house. They tell you, "This is the cafes we go to. This is the pub we go to." Why don't you come out with us for for a drink? You know, and and you feel like you're really selling your culture to people who will go back to their home and say, you know, Australia, what a fantastic place, what nice people. Very, very quickly that becomes corrupted to, I've got an empty apartment, I'm going to put some cheap furniture in it, I'm going to take some really nice glossy pictures... I'm going to put it on the internet and I'll tell you how much I don't care about the people who will be staying there. I'm going to hire somebody to hand over the keys, to change the linen, to run the dishes through the dishwasher because I don't really want to have to deal with these these people that I am so-called sharing with and I'm making air quotes there. I don't want to have to deal with these people. I'm not a, a tourist person. I'm just a greedy landlord who wants to make money. Now, as soon as you put that argument up people say well what about people who go away on holiday or go away on business for 3 months that's fine they will be back you know that you can make an arrangement so that you tell your owners corporation i'm i'm letting the apartment out to people while i'm away this is who they are i've i've spoken to them on the phone they seem like nice people they've they've got jobs and everything then if you've got any problems here's my number Or here's my friend who's got a key who will come in and and try and sort things out. You know, that's fine. You know, people want pet sitters. So when you go on holiday, you want somebody to come in and live in your flat and look after your cat or your dog or whatever. That's all good. There's still a connection of responsibility there. But when it's a business, and these are big businesses, the biggest operators in Sydney have hundreds of flats on their lists. They don't know who's coming in. They probably don't care. So you got the party animals, you've got, you know, a bunch of six or eight or ten mates who take it in turns to, to rent the apartments so that they're never blacklisted, and we are the ones who have to put up with it. And I'm talking now about people who live and own in apartments. We're the ones who pay for the common property. We're the ones who work hard to make the buildings properly run. And guess what? Because we have nice facilities, and because we look after them, and because we care about our building, that makes us absolute prime targets for Airbnb renters, because they go, wow, look at this fantastic building. It's really well run. It's got a great swimming pool and a fantastic gym that we only paid a tiny proportion of. But hey... When you come and stay with us, you can use it as much as you want. It's just not right. Somebody asked me, you know, what's the problem? You know, it's just people coming in and sharing. It's it's all sharing, you know. Well, look, it's like just say one Friday a month, you and your mates got together, you put money into a kitty, you went to a restaurant, you had some pizzas and some some red wine, and that's all fine. And and then one month. One of your group comes along with a couple of people and they share your pizza and red wine. And then you notice that the the people that they brought along have given them a, a, some money to pay for it. And you think, well, that, that's kind of now they're getting paid for bringing people in to share what we all own and what all, we've all bought together. And then then the people stop turning up. The friends that brought these strangers stop turning up. But the strangers turn up and they, they eat their share and probably because they're, backpackers they eat more than their share and then everybody in that group starts thinking well we don't want to actually do this anymore the trouble with living in an apartment is you don't get to make that decision that you don't want to do it anymore all you can do is say take your airbnb listing and find a building where people don't care about the way they live and your guests will be very happy there The report into the cracks in the Opal Tower building in Sydney's Olympic Park came out last week, and look, the findings weren't that surprising. It turned out that some of the walls that had cracked had not been designed to do what they were supposed to do. Some of the ones that were designed properly were installed improperly. Some of the bits of the building that were supposed to support these walls um, had been modified by other work, and so they weren't working to maximum efficiency, and then when all of that started to fall apart, areas of the building that were never designed to take the loads that suddenly were shifted to them started to fail as well. It's no big surprise that you've got a whole chain of people, all of whom made one small mistake, and the effects are pretty devastating. My column in this weekend's Australian Financial Review takes a slightly different angle, It looks at what happens when you have that chain of errors in the construction of an apartment block. And we all know people are not perfect and they don't do a perfect job every time. And if you have a chain of of flaws, then, you know, bad things can happen or or just there's some defects that need to be fixed. The problem arises, well, who do you blame? Who, Who takes responsibility? And although, from the point of view of the purchaser of the apartment, you say, well, you're all to blame, so sort it out amongst yourselves, what happens in the real world is that everybody starts finger-pointing and saying, my wall that I put in would never have failed if the guy who designed that other wall had designed it properly, which may well be true, but then if that other wall had been built with greater tolerances, then it wouldn't have failed. It's just a mess. It's a mess that ordinary people are not equipped to deal with so what we end up doing is while all the people who are responsible are trying to get out of their responsibilities lawyers are brought in at great expense to try and work out who's going to fix it who's going to pay for it and ultimately who's going to pay for the lawyers now this week i hear the labor party has decided that they're going to pay for lawyers to pursue banks who have cheated people out of their money what a great idea what a fantastic idea. How about while you're hiring all these lawyers, do you get a few who are going to pursue developers for cheating people out of what they paid for? I mean, this is something people forget. If it weren't for the people who are buying apartments, there would be no building development going on. We are the ones who lock ourselves into mortgages for 20 years or 25 years to pay for something which is the biggest purchase that we will ever make in our lives... And when it all falls apart and everybody starts the finger pointing and blaming each other and dodgy companies disappear only to reappear overnight like a kind of whack-a-mole game, we are the ones who are picking up the tab for this. So hey, politicians, if you're going to start paying for lawyers to help people get their money back from the banks, which I think is a great idea, how about you pay for lawyers who will actually help people who have been duddied by developers and builders so that we can get a fair shake. And then maybe those developers and those builders will think twice before they just think, well, we'll cut a few corners here because the idiots who buy the apartments can pay for it in the end. And while we're talking about people paying for their responsibilities... Am I the only person who thinks it's a bit odd that with all this stuff about flammable cladding and how we're all being forced to own up to the fact that we have it in our buildings and then pay for it to be removed and replaced with stuff that's safer, nobody is saying, well, we should help these people out. It's kind of like the old caveat emptor, you know, buyer beware. But how could we possibly know that the developers and the builders were going to go out and look for the cheapest covering they could find, which would turn out to be just basically like solid petrol on the side of your building? But then you might well ask, why should the taxpayers pay to replace the cladding on buildings? It's up to the people who own the buildings, or the developers if you can still find them. And then it occurred to me, how would it be if we said to people who live in the in bush areas, in forests, hey, you chose to live in the middle of an area that's full of trees that were designed by nature to burn ferociously in a fire. You made that choice. So if you want back burning done to clear areas to make it safer for you to live in your nice rural house, you pay for it. Your choice. Taxpayers should not be paying for back burning. Now, can I quickly add? I don't think that's the case, I think we should all be paying so that people can make the choices that they want to make, and we can have a balanced society. But we don't have a balanced society when it comes to apartments. You see in the world of strata, there is only one body, only one group of people that the law says must pay for things to be fixed. It's not the developers, it's not the builders, it's not the subcontractors who caused the problem. They can find ways to walk away. The one bunch of people who cannot walk away from issues with buildings are the apartment owners, the owners' corporations or the body corporates or whatever you want to call them. We are the ones that the law says we have to maintain and repair our properties. Now, you're going to put that responsibility on us. You have to back it up by giving us some support and some protection. And that's what we need. Maybe a strata ombudsman would be the way forward. Every so often you hear people say we should have a royal commission into apartment development. And here's why that will never happen. As long as I can remember right from the very first days when strata law was started, and it started here in New South Wales, developers and politicians have been in each other's pockets. The last thing either party in this state, or indeed federally, wants is for developers and politicians' relationships to be exposed in the way they would be by a royal commission. So you can forget the Royal Commission. It's not gonna happen. The very idea of a Royal Commission terrifies the major parties because they know where the bodies are buried and to be honest most other people who don't live in apartments don't care. They think it's a weird choice that we made. We wanted to live like students or live like we were in hotels. We've made our beds and we should lie in them. So don't expect any sympathy. Don't expect a royal commission. We just have to make as much noise as we can, like Airbnb do, when they think that uh, politicians are going to vote against their interests. Well, we've got to start telling politicians, you'd better start voting in our interests or we're going to have something to say about it. Well, that's Flat Chat for another week. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be left on my own again. If you enjoy listening to the Flat Chat podcast, please subscribe through whatever service you listen to it on. And in the meantime, if you want to learn more about what's going on in the world of apartments, go to flat-chat.com.au. Thanks for listening. I've been Jimmy Thompson. Talk to you again next week.